0: Building a career, getting new opportunities, and even success in starting a business all comes down to people's perception of you as an expert. The fastest way to establish yourself as an expert in any field is to write a book. Learn how becoming an author can completely transform your professional life absolutely free with a free training presented by Difference Press. Register at BreakthroughWithABook.com. That's BreakthroughWithABook.com.
1: Welcome to Office Chats, a podcast presented by Madame Blue. I'm Valeria and I'll be hosting today's segment. Each episode, we'll have a special guest share their story of success, career advice, and industry insight. Today's guest is Ashley Jennett, the founder of The Bee and the Fox, an apparel and lifestyle brand known for their unique vintage-style t-shirts. In today's episode, I talk to Ashley about taking her teas from an Etsy shop to a full-time small business, balancing work and life, and much more. Hi Ashley, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. I know it's a busy weekend, but I've been excited to learn more about how you started The Bee and the Fox. Just to get started, I'd love it if you could introduce yourself to our audience, let us know a little bit about your background, kind of how you got started on your journey as an entrepreneur.
0: My name is Ashley and I run The Bee and the Fox, which is mostly um, graphic t-shirt business. We have other things as well. I didn't go to school for that. I actually went to school for nursing and still work as a registered nurse as well. And I also have some history in photography, um, mostly shooting weddings and families. And I shoot majority of the stuff for the Bee and the Fox as well. I am a single mom to three boys and I live in Southern California.
1: It sounds like you've always kind of had like a creative side, even though you went to school for nursing, you've always been into like photography and had an eye yeah. for design.
0: In fact, um, my my parents both, I grew up with, my parents were both physical therapists, but they uh, each had their own practice. So they were business owners, small business owners, um, different in, in that they were a service and not a product, but similar in that I grew up actually never wanting to own my own business because I saw all of the things that they went through, like, you know, the washing machine breaking when we were on vacation and like nobody knowing what to do and like having to hire staff and just the complexities of all of these things that you bring home with you at the end of the day versus why I wanted to go into nursing was like clocking in and clocking out and like not having, even if you go back the next day, you know, you have all new patients sometimes and it's a totally different day. There's no blueprint from the day before. So I was like, yes, I'm never running my own business. I am so happy to clock in and clock out. And then after years of doing that, and I've always written a blog, well, not always written a blog, but I started writing, and that kind of went well with my photography. So that was kind of my segue into starting my brand, really, is because I, I kind of worked hand-in-hand on my blog with my best friend, who at the time was a freelance graphic designer, and um, it kind of grew out of there. So yeah, I mean, there's always been that dabble in that creative world and needing that other Kind of fixed to keep me stable. I would never be happy just doing nursing. I I have to use that other side of my brain.
1: For those who are unfamiliar with the Bee and the Fox, can you let people know a little bit about your brand and what you offer, and kind of like what makes your t-shirts unique?
0: Sure. Yeah, I started the Bee and the Fox. I think this is going on my sixth year. I started on Etsy. We started with just four t-shirts. They were all kids shirts to begin with, and then we added our Mama Bird shirt, which. Really, I mean, when we started, it was at a time where Instagram was in its infancy. And I feel like you could grow really quickly organically. At that time, there wasn't algorithms. It wasn't owned by Facebook. There wasn't ads. All of these things that have changed. So I feel like I got in at a time where I was able to have a good amount of growth during that time. And then I've added things over the years. Um, We have mugs. We do letterpress prints. Uh, this year we had a keychains, stickers, all sorts of things. So it's not only t-shirts, but that's definitely the the main the main part of it.
1: Yeah, it's been growing steadily over the last few years. Right? Yeah, yeah. You mentioned social media and I know that you all have like over 100,000 followers. So that's a huge accomplishment and you got your start before, you know, the algorithm and all those changes. So I just want to touch a little bit about like what your marketing strategy has been on social media and how that has shifted as social media changes.
0: It's been hard. It's so hard. You know, there was a time that I feel like we had such great interaction on our posts and now I see it's like, yeah, we have a big number, but it's so hard to keep people engaged and to show up in that algorithm thing. And to be quite frank, it's not where I put my energy. I, I probably should. I wish I knew more about it and how I could like, you know, keep engagement up, um, but I don't. Marketing strategy, like I feel like now you have to pay to play. So we do do paid ads. Yeah, it's tough. It's a way, it's always changing. Like you said, it's so different. So it's, it almost makes me slow in my uh, motivation to learn more about it because I feel like as soon as I crack the egg, there's going to be a new egg to crack. So Um, Yeah, I feel like that's a really depressing answer to your question, but as honest as I can be, is that it's always changing. What I really have a lot of gratitude for is that customers tag us, and I encourage anybody out there, if there is a small business that you like, you support, you like your message, you like your product, it means so much to our business when we have customers that are tagging us and um, posting pictures of our products. I mean, that really drives so
1: much of that I think a lot of people can relate to feeling frustrated with all those changes it just makes it harder to get like your brand out there when you're putting all that work in but support for small businesses I feel like has boosted a little bit during the pandemic so hopefully that continues in the future your apparel has like a very nostalgic feel to it how do you draw inspiration for creating new designs and putting out new pieces
0: uh, well, the designs are always, I feel like, twofold. It's always content and then it's design. So when I think of what I want our designs to represent, it's definitely um, classic, simplistic, and timeless. So I think that points to the nostalgic factor. I love the, I, I love the 70s. I love the 80s. I love the 60s. So like, I love when I see our shirts come to life and I think, oh, you can throw that on somebody with some bell bottoms back in the 70s and it's still relevant. So Um, There's definitely that. And then um, I guess content wise um, is uh, always speaks to me on a personal level, whether it's motherhood or whether it's um, uh, being a feminist or political. I try to take what's going on in my life and put it um, into into the brand.
1: That's actually a good segue into one of my next questions which one thing I really love about your brand is that you don't shy away from politics and social issues and a lot of your shirts kind of are about empowerment and I was just wondering why that's important to you. I noticed in the back you have uh, little voting cards and I'm sure that's like a big part of your personality and that maybe lends itself to your brand so can you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the brand has followed my own growth as an individual and things that I've found important over the years. And, you know, of course that includes social issues. And, uh, I never started this brand with any sort of intention for it to be my full-time job or any sort of, I never have put pressure on it. And I always like to think of my, the fact that I still do work as a nurse and keep my license and nursing active is my, freedom to do what I want with it and not care about how it's going to be received per se, which gives me that kind of privilege of um, speaking up and saying what I want, even if it's not going to be well received by everybody. And to me, that's important. I think that we are at a crazy time in, um, in the world. And I think it's important to take a stand and I'm okay with the few that are going to disagree, or even if it's the majority, it doesn't really matter how many. I think, I think we all need to be saying something.
1: And I think that's what's so great about fashion is in some industries, it's kind of like not frowned upon, but maybe not encouraged to speak up or make statements. But with fashion, you can be as bold as you want. Yeah, we definitely
0: socialize uh, neutrality in our society. I mean, it's people are scared, to have anybody not like them for their point of view or they're scared of being attacked. And I get that. I mean, it does, it hurts. Like anytime I post something that's controversial and I hear the other side, you know, you kind of realize that people are pretty firmly rooted in their own beliefs and values and it's not going to sway anyone in an Instagram comment, you know, like you're not going to change anyone's point of view per se, but I don't think that always needs to be the goal. I think it's important to have a brand voice and, So that when people are wearing our shirts, they know what they represent. And it's more than just a t-shirt. It's also, you know, the voice of a brand.
1: You mentioned jumping from role as a nurse to then you took your business full time. What was that jump like? How did you know that you were ready? You know,
0: I hear a lot of people have to make that decision between when they start a business and then stopping their full time job. And nursing gives me the flexibility that I didn't have to fully do that. So that's why I get to keep one foot in that door still, Um, you know, because I can still work a shift here and there in the hospital and then come back to more or less my full-time job with being Fox. But um, I can remember sitting down with my manager and kind of saying like, I can't keep up with this schedule as it is. I was answering like, I mean, any nurse knows like you're supposed to get, amount of breaks we never get all of our breaks we just don't take them you know you're so busy throughout the day that you get your 30 minute lunch break and you know half of that time is spent shoving food in your face and going to the bathroom and washing your hands you know crazy and um I was using that time to answer emails and like um making phone calls or answering phone calls and I was just like this is just too much so I did I sat down with my manager and I cut back on my shifts and you know I was lucky to be able to do that so I guess I knew when it started infiltrating into my my days when I was away from the bee and the fox and um, having to come home and answer emails and jump back on the wagon, there just wasn't enough time in the day to do it all. So it kind of took over and right. that was my signal that I needed to make a change.
1: <laughs> so now that you're full time doing bee and the fox, how have you balanced that Along with being a mom, and you know, just your own personal life, and I know, like with quarantine and everything, working from home as a small business owner, it must feel like you know you can't really escape work. So I'm just curious, like how you balance that because I know a lot of people right now can relate to that.
0: Yeah, it's really hard. I mean, it was hard even before COVID. I, I've, um, I mean, there was a time that I separated work from home and I was working. I had an office space, but I've brought it back in my house since I became a single mom and um, since my divorce, and that was just easier. It gave me the ability to be here for my kids um, better, and then COVID happened, and now now I'm homeschooling as well. So. You know, I did the area I live. I have an op, the option to send them to school or to keep them home. So I am choosing to, that is a choice that I've made to keep them home and do um, online and homeschool from here. So that is something I've added to my plate willingly. But yeah, it, it's tough. There, it feels like uh, I'm juggling, and every ball in the air is made of glass sometimes. But I've kind of. And it comes in waves, you know, like when schools first shut down in March, I felt like what I was being asked to do was next to impossible and it was super frustrating and I was really hard on myself. And then after some time went by and we kind of like found found a groove, I realized like, why did I expect myself to make that transition so easily? Of course, this is a huge life change that we're experiencing on a worldwide level, not even just countries, on a worldwide level, like, to expect ourselves to jump into this and thrive and like not have any feelings of frustration or um, anything is it, not normal and it's okay to feel all of those things. And, and then I started just kind of looking at it. Um, I like to change the I have tos to I get to, so I don't have to work from home. I get to work from home. I don't have to homeschool my kids. I get to homeschool my kids, which is just a lesson in gratitude and a change in perspective that has helped me, at least ease into it. And that doesn't mean that every day is easy. It's really, really hard and it's challenging, but the longer we've done it, the better we've gotten at it. Um, I've had to set my office hours so my kids know not to bother me during certain times, which is just unrealistic. They bother me all, you know, and I don't mean bother me. They need me all the time, but, um, but yeah, we're doing it. And I think the best advice my mom has ever given me is to remind me that, everything is temporary life itself is temporary so whatever our challenges are it, are today they're likely to not be the same challenges that there are tomorrow so I just try to take it day by day and pound through work when I can so I don't I don't keep to a crazy like day-to-day schedule some days I work you know 12 hours and some days I work three so you know I have that flexibility which is part of the reason I love it so much as well
1: Yeah. I think what you said about practicing gratitude is so important because like being nice to yourself is important in general, but especially during like quarantine, I feel like people need to not be so hard on themselves, especially like working moms like you. So we live in
0: a society that really um, puts a lot of emphasis on production, you know, and I think a, a lot of us have felt that during the pandemic that, oh, we have all this time that we should be we could be working out, we could be eating well, like we we could be reading all these books that we've meant to to read. And I think a lot of us are stuck in that feeling of like dread and like what's to come and worry and, and that's okay. I mean, that I think there's room for all of that. You know, it doesn't need to be, I think less emphasis needs to be put on our production and sometimes more on our mental health and um, looking at what we were able to accomplish instead of what we weren't.
1: Right. And that all definitely comes in waves, like you said. Yeah. So I'm curious how big your team is today and how you all have been working together um, during COVID. I don't know if you were remote before or not. What has that been like?
0: Yeah, I I really have a small team. I'm a small business. so. Um, I have one employee that's here local with me that does a lot of the customer service. And then I feel like I have a lot of external teams. So I have my shipping team, which works um, in a separate state than I do, but I work hand in hand with them. And um, marketing is also external um, and production is external. I'm I'm producing and manufacturing everything in um, a really great facility In Peru and um, they're a great team so yeah it's a lot of uh, I feel like the Venn diagram with the with the hands going off of it you know there's a lot of a lot of arms coming off of off of the
1: bubble. So would you say you have like a daily routine when it comes to keeping your business in check or is it a little bit more sporadic?
0: I have a daily routine that consists of um, checking my to-do list. <laughs> and so I work off of a list. I mean, every day I have my calendar. I'm old school. I write it down. I can't do anything on my phone like that.
1: I'm the same um, way. <laughs> yes, right?
0: And yeah. I love it. I love scratching things off. You know, sometimes I'll even have something that I need to do that wasn't on my list and I've already done it. And I'll even add that thing to my list just so I can have the fun <laughs> of crossing it off. I, I try to do it where, you know, I, I try to give myself... A realistic um, chunk of things to do in a day, and then I pile it up for the times that I don't have my kids, um, and I, I'm super heavy on those days. So, yeah, it, it's sporadic, but it's consistent that I have things that I need to do every day.
1: What would you say is your favorite aspect of your job, and what is the most challenging? My
0: favorite aspect um, is probably working for myself. All of the things that I thought I never wanted because of the home I grew up in or all the things like I cherish today because it gives me so much to give back to my kids as far as quality time. The things that I hate um, is the ever-changing climate. I mean, all of it, like every, production's always changing. Social media is always changing. It's hard to rely on and it feels every day like, am I going to be able to still do this tomorrow. I mean, it's like, it feels like that cloud is constantly following you, which I know from networking with other small business owners, that's something I think everybody feels, you know, when is this, how long is this going to last? Can I continue to do this throughout my, you know, working years? And um, yeah, that stress is real. So (laughs) I would say carrying that
1: that burden. Mm-hmm. That- and how do you like combat that and push yourself to keep going and keep being creative? Because I feel like when I'm stressed, it's hard to be creative. That kind of like eats away at your creativity. So what are I- some ways that you, you know, tell that part of your brain to be quiet and let the other half keep creating?
0: I think there's two things. There's a physical answer to that and a mental answer to that. My physical answer is I have to keep my desk space clean, which it's not right now. Like it's on my list to do today. Like, but that does help my creativity. I can't think in a cluttered environment, so I have to keep things. I have to clean off. It's like a clean canvas. So that's one. Two. I remind myself it's not a problem today. It might be a problem tomorrow. It might be a problem next week. But I question: Is it a problem today? And the answer is usually no. So I just plug through with what I have today. And um, yeah, just try to take it one day at a time, which again is easier some days than others.
1: Yeah, it's so hard because as an entrepreneur, I'm sure you're always thinking forward, thinking ahead, what do I want to do next year? So being able to like take it day by day is super important.
0: And I think to also realize because there's tons of roadblocks that any small business owner gets throughout their, their, you know, days and I I try I had a recent thing that reminded me um like with COVID there's been a lot of, of production delays and shipping delays and just fewer hands on deck in general in all areas and um I had an order that was sitting in the port and for over a month you know and it's like it's super stressful to um want to have control over things you have no control over and it kind of stop it paralyzes your thought process because you start to think like I cannot do anything until this order gets picked up I have nothing to sell and you start going to this doom state in your head that everything's just gonna go to crap from here you know and um then I kind of realized like I have to surrender to the things I have no control over and um that I have choices, like I can choose to be caught up about what's not being done, or I can focus my energy on the things that I do have, inventory that is in stock, think of creative ways to sell that inventory and kind of put my focus more in the areas that I do have control over. And that's kind of been my recent life lesson in all areas of my life is to move my focus from things I have no control over to shifting my focus to where I do have control.
1: Yeah, I love that. Definitely something I think everyone could use a little bit more of. As far as COVID, has your business returned a little bit to normal or are you still experiencing delays and setbacks?
0: The delay was kind of delayed itself. You know, I was kind of like wondering how things would go in March and it was okay. And summers are always a little bit slower. And I mean, I think all of us feel it in small business. If it's not direct, it's definitely settled in the background of that, you know, question of, what's going to happen and is this going to be okay am i going to make it through you know I, that lives there even more during these these hard times so it's there it's definitely there and i try to just push through it. You know, again, it's not an area I have control over. So I just try to shift my focus to running my business the best I can with what I have.
1: And as far as what's coming next, like, is there any new pieces you're working on now that you can share? Do you like to keep that under wraps?
0: I'm always thinking of new things to add. I try not to put too much pressure on myself to think of like, what is the next thing that I'm going to do and just Make what I'm doing the best it can be. It all starts with like a seed. I have little ideas that come in my head, and then I, I might share them. I, I bounce a lot of ideas off of Jeanette, who I started this with she's my best friend who has been with me since the beginning and the good ideas tend to bounce back and forth like a bouncy ball versus the ball that has no air tends to like bounce and then hit and fall so you know I'm always um thinking of things but also not pressuring myself to do anything different than what I'm doing right now
1: do you still work with your best friend to create the designs is she still on your team
0: she is she has her own full-time job so and she's also a mom to three so like we have our busy lives but I mean we've been best friends for over 20 years we've traveled the world together we've done like lots of things together and it's funny because we both love working on it like we live in different states so like if we get to see each other for us it's like most people are like excited to go out and get a drink or whatever like we love, like, when can we get our bee in the box time? Let's sit down at the computer and we just, like, work. We pound stuff out and that's, like, our happy place together. So I'm super grateful for that relationship and to have her alongside me and to bounce ideas off of. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's it's really cool.
1: That's awesome. Where do you reference inspiration as far as, like, typography and different designs? Do you just scour the internet or how does that process work?
0: I love the '70s. I, like I said before, mm-hmm. like so, it, I love anything throwback. That's always the style that we go for. Um, I don't necessarily scour the internet for ideas. It's sometimes I'll see something. Sometimes I won't. Sometimes it's just um, a vision that I have in my head. Sometimes it's totally up to the designer, and like we just guide it and art direct it. And it's done a lot of different ways with a lot of. Um, moving parts.
1: Do you have a vision of what it would look like in a few years from now?
0: Oh, gosh, I don't know. I don't try to get too far ahead of myself. Um, I like to stay in today. And um, right now what, what it is, it matches my vision of what I want it to be. And so to just keep it up and to keep growing it would be my, I guess
1: my goal. Something I love to do in the podcast is give our audience a piece of advice they can just take with them right away. So I was wondering what advice you would give to other small business owners or other entrepreneurs.
0: I think not to get stuck in um, what you think you need to get started. Start where you are with what you have, and then it can grow from there. You know, like I know I listened to a lot of podcasts early on about entrepreneurs, and you heard about all this investors and all of these things. And I've never, I've never used any investors. I've done everything organically on my own. So. Um, it's possible to grow something with starting with the little that you have. I can still remember me asking my husband, like, hey, I I had this crazy idea. I want, you know, like, can I use $700 to, like, invest in these t-shirts? And that's where it started from, was a $700 investment in some t-shirts. So, you know, start where you are with what you have and put yourself into it. Because the more authentic it is to you, the more growth you're going to
1: see from it. That definitely comes across with your brand. Maybe it's like that nostalgic thing that I was talking about, but it definitely feels like something unique and personal. So your own voice definitely comes across. Thank you. Something I like to do in a few episodes is have kind of like a rapid fire question before I wrap it up. So I was wondering um, if we do like a little bit of nostalgic themed questions. So my first question is what was your favorite childhood candy? I
0: can remember going to Costco and buying a Costco size thing of Snickers bars and then never wanting a Snickers again. So no. <laughs> I would say overeating Snickers bars.
1: What about your go to outfit as a kid? My
0: parents still bring up my white cowboy boots that I wore with absolutely everything. So I wouldn't say that completes my outfit, but it was a part of every outfit that I, love I
1: wore. love that. Where did you grow up? In
0: Southern California.
1: Okay. What about what your favorite TV show was when you were growing up?
0: I was not a huge TV watcher. My sister definitely was. So I'd say by default, there was always, I think it they ran back to back, like Full House and Family Matters. I remember those two always being on the TV.
1: I've definitely watched Full House all the time growing up. Too. they would just yeah. play the reruns like all day for years <laughs>
0: afterward yeah. too. i think it's still on tv probably it's crazy.
1: it won't yeah. be long before it's on netflix
0: yeah
1: right all right ashley well i would love it if you could let people know where they can find you and the bee in the fox on social media online
0: uh online we are the be in and same thing on instagram at the bee the fox
1: awesome thank you so much ashley i appreciate your time I really loved getting to know more about your brand. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today, Ashley. And thank you to everyone listening. I hope you join us on the next Office Chats episode.